It's the Listening Podcast with Jake and Sean. We are back for episode 162. So this, Jake, realistically might be one of our last podcasts, if not the last podcast, before I leave the great state of New Hampshire to move to neighboring state, Maine, right across the Piscataqua Bridge. I'll basically still be in New Hampshire. But I'll be right across the bridge. It's a bittersweet day. Well, today is not. Today is not. But it, it will be a bittersweet moment in that it will, you know, actually won't really be that bittersweet. No. Because it'll be kind of like you living here. Right. But just a little further. Yeah. Um, but yeah, a Mainer, Sean. Yeah. How do, how do you feel? What's um, the- so I'm I'm actually really excited to live in a different place than like the 10 square miles where I grew up, basically. Yep. Um, yep. I think that will do me a lot of good, to be honest. I think it'll, like, broaden my mind in ways that I'm not, like, fully expecting or yep. prepared for, which is exciting. Um, you know, a lot of people have been like, ooh, those main taxes. I think that shit's overblown. Like, I think so, too. It's like, okay. People live in Maine. People live in Maine. Like, yeah. Like, people have to pay taxes. Like, yep. the rent's cheaper than it would be in a, like across the bridge in New Hampshire. So like it all comes out in the wash. It's a give and take situation. Like, it's a very money. it's a very nice area. It's a very nice town. Like, like what fuck I, off. Would I call myself a tax expert? Yes, <laughs> I would. And I think you're fine. Thank you. That puts my mind at ease. Good, good. Um second to that is I'll be closer to work. That'll feel a lot better. I, I just it feels like the right time. Um that being said, I will miss you. Although, like you said, you know, won't be that much different. Here's a here's a thought, though. It's very weird. And this has been the phenomenon every time I have moved. Um, right before, like, change is about to happen. Yeah. It feels very weird because you're like, well, I know in, like, two weeks I'm going to be doing this thing that's, like, drastically different than what I'm used to now. Yep. But for today... It's still my boring routine and nothing is different. But you're so close to like this drastic change that you know is coming. But today is still just a boring regular day. It's a very weird thing to balance in your mind. I just think that's interesting. It is difficult. I will miss you as well. But I think we will be fine. Oh, 100%. We're going to make a point to see each other. We'll still record the podcast. It'll probably, I think, realistically be bi-weekly as like... Probably. uh, Like the uh, rule. as As like the... Maximum. Yeah, totally, do. totally. Yeah. Um, I mean, this year was proof that we were falling off from weekly, yes. anyways. Yes. When's the last exactly. time we did two weeks in a row? Um, I think we might have had one back in the spring. Is this two weeks in a row? Uh, no, no. Uh, wait, y- no. I think it- no, no. We no, didn't do it not. last week. That's right. We've we've gotten into a nice biweekly pattern pattern yeah, yeah absolutely which i think is good yeah um, so it's it's gonna the, the great state of new hampshire you'll be missed here sean yeah. but uh the granite state will always be home Jake. Th- that's right that's right <laughs> it'll be your bedrock that's right uh now we have a very interesting news story that is appropriate given the democratic uh primary heating up as well as one of the new albums that come came out this week that we're going to discuss. What, what is this news story you happened to stumble across, Jake? So I saw Stereogum tweet. This is the tweet. Fake viral photo of Beto O'Rourke wetting himself is actually Sandy Alex G after spilling a beer. The image is underneath. Go look this up, listeners, of which there are none. And there's there's two like posts. One of the it's the same picture. It's like Alex G in he's in like a yellow button up shirt and in like just pants and he his like it looks like he wet himself. It's all wet down the front of his pants. <laughs> yeah. And it's two different posts. One says, quote unquote, Robert Francis O'Rourke in college, drunk and pissing his pants. He wants to be your president in twenty twenty. <laughs> Another That's one It's hilarious. The other one okay, is that one funnier or is this one funnier where it says, I'm Beto Robert Francis O'Rourke. I'm here for your guns. <laughs> um, I, I, I think the this man wants to be your president attack ads are so much funnier. They're really funny. So this is a, something that went, I guess, semi-viral yeah. on like probably more like, like conservative yeah. Facebook. Like, you know, like yeah. sort of shit trolling yeah. right wing social media. And it's a picture of... Because those people are easily duped. Yeah. Of, pretty of dumb. Of, of presumably, according to the source, Beto <laughs> O'Rourke, 
piss drunk in college. It's actually a picture of, of Alex G. With, who just like with beer down his down That's his pants. hilarious to me. How many of those right wing troll like accounts do you think are actually like satire or Russian bots? That is, yeah. How many of those are actually genuine? Uh, I think the I think um, the 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 more likely thing is that they are like like people who are manipulating yeah. for yes. to, to get shares yes. and who don't in full honesty believe that yeah, stuff. Yeah, I agree. Like I think it's pretty cynical actually. Yeah. Like the 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 motive behind posting yes. stuff like yes. that. Yes. Um, and it's proven that, that that's a lot of what Russia I, did I know. To, in the I last know. election. And will do again. Yep. And we are refusing to like pass any legislation about it to try and prevent it at all. Because Moscow Mitch is mm-hmm. in the Russians' pocket. He, Anyways, we're getting off on a tangent. I think this is hilarious. Really funny. That Alex G has been mistaken for Beto O'Rourke. <laughs> Just, what an insane <laughs> sentence. Beto O'Rourke. He's a great, like, change of pace guy during these debates. Yeah. Where he's like, I'm going to, like, talk like I'm speaking off the cuff. Hell, hell yes, we're going to take your AR-15 yeah. and your AK-47. And it's yes. like, yeah, okay, Beto had a nice little moment right there. He like, did. I'll take it. He's not electable. No, he's definitely not. Um, yeah. So that's a fair segue. A very, s- very strange very segue. strong segue, Jake, into our Hot Thoughts segment. First of all... This, I think, it will go down as our strongest release day of the year. Pretty good. Like, and here's the here's the albums that we're talking about that gave it the strongest release day of the year moniker. Sandy Alex G, House of Sugar, which we'll get into right now. Jenny Haval, The Practice of Love. JPEG Mafia, All My Heroes Are Cornballs. The Lumineers, putting out a solid third album. And then Alex Cameron as well with Miami Memory. So, like... A lot of stuff to dive into, a lot of stuff to talk about. Alex G, House of Sugar, what are your thoughts? <laughs> um, it's really, really good. It's a it's an excellent follow-up to Rocket. Um, it is... Strong agree. Yeah. I know, I'm coming in hot with the takes <laughs> yep. from, the, from the jump. It is weirder, I think, than that album yeah. in a lot of ways. A little more experimental. Um, very much, I think, more... But an interesting mix of the sort of weirder, more experimental, more electronic sounds of that album and beach music and the sort of folkier, more acoustic-driven stuff. Um, and I don't know the, the name of, of his, like, frequent collaborator. I think it might actually be his partner, the the, the female vocalist right. who's on a lot of these songs. Yeah. Um, she does, remains... Does she play violin as well? Yeah. Okay. And she remains a factor throughout yeah. this album. Yes. Um, to me, what, what Alex G has done with this album, I think is really interesting because it, like... Has this kind of kaleidoscopic effect, yes. where like little ideas and melodies kind of just like sift through the yes. to the top for a while, almost out of nowhere. Yep. I mean, I think that that Gretel really is the best example of one where it's done seamlessly and like pretty perfectly. But even on like a song like Southern Sky, yeah, the the female vocals where the Southern Sky refrain is yep. being sung, they kind of just like emerge. Kaleidoscope is such a great way to describe this album because. You can't always make it out, but when you can, it's gorgeous. Yeah. And it's beautiful, and it's nothing like you've heard or seen. It's this technicolor, like, dream, you know? Yeah, it It feels like a very messy, experimental type of thing where a song is just under the surface. Yeah. Like a, a true song song, but it's being a little bit obscured yeah. by by stuff that's very interesting yeah. and that, that kind of clouds it in a in a sort of mysterious way. It's it's very difficult to describe this album. Yeah. Alex G, some of his tendencies actually remind me a little bit of like old school video game music. Yeah, that's a great point. On a song like uh like Taking, yeah. which has emerged as one of my favorites yeah. on the album, actually. Um these like he's using what I assume are synth sounds or like some kind of electronic sounds yep. or samples that are pretty unlike the sounds I hear in anyone else's yep. music right now. And it, it and it kind of is a signature of his. Yeah. Um, I think this album is excellent. I think this is one of the best albums of the year. Um, I think this is an even stronger follow-up to Rocket. Um, I, I, I think it might be his best album. 
I think this is his most impressive collection of songs that I've heard. And I've not heard all of Alex G's stuff. He's pretty prolific. Um, but from what I have heard, this is his strongest, tightest collection. I think you nailed it with that Kaleidoscope comparison. I think even though these songs are experimental and can be kind of weird, they are so melodic and incredibly catchy and listenable. And even on songs like Taking, Near, Project 2, that kind of like more experimental weird middle of the album, there's still a through line through all of it of like melody and like it's still grounded in like, wow, this is still very palatable. Yeah, and it it is like it's in a not very obvious way which makes like your third, fourth, fifth listen to this album look really interesting because... What I've noticed, and I'm, I'm I, I don't know how many times I've listened to this now, but it's a, it's a fair amount. Is I was listening to I, I put it on today, and I was like, God, why do I still feel like I don't know the end of the album? Yeah, I do. I just don't realize when tracks are changing. Yeah, I don't yeah. know like what. Um, I'll hear little parts, and I'm like, Oh yeah, this is in this. I, song. I, I do think like in my arms, cow and crime, all kind of they do like blend together in their own way. I, I think all of those songs are gorgeous and excellent, particularly like the singing on in my arms. Um, Dude, I, I think the run from sugar down through sugar house is actually really it's strong. So strong. I was gonna ask you this: is the is the last Four song or five songs on this album actually stronger than the first half with all of the singles. I, so, like to me, it's it's it, it's it, like not possible. It's I, so I, hard to yeah. say. These are my two very very small nitpicks with this album. Sure, that are you know it's probably even too early to say. Um, the song near occasionally with its very persistent you 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 yeah. you thing. Yeah. Is like not the energy I'm wanting all sure. the time, yep. and like it's a little much. Yeah, I, I think it's good. I think it's cool. I I kind of sometimes find myself wishing it went from taking into project yeah. two. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that's really a take that it will remain. Yeah. Yeah. Not. Okay. I also think walk away while I enjoy it. The first track, I think it's like a little long for what it is. I, yeah. So I actually think at its best that song is fucking awesome yep, and a great is. vibe it's an interesting pick for the first track on on this album and i agree like especially with the length that it is it feels like something that would have been really interesting if like say he cut it to a third of its length to about a minute minute and a half maybe and it, it, yeah and it kind of just faded into hope which i think is an excellent like yeah. true opener yeah um walk away could have also been an interesting mid mid album mm. track mm-hmm. um because it is like it's sort of a confusing first song. Well, I, I because think it doesn't seem to have itself figured out as much as a true, lot of the other songs. True, but I, I actually think that lends itself to the murky kaleidoscope quality of the rest of the album. Yeah. In and it introduces you to he's like I'm gonna layer in these vocals, the instrumentation, these electronic elements all throughout. I think it's a good kind of mission statement yep. thesis for the rest of the album. It gets you in that mode yep. of what this album can be. Um, one of the other things I wanted to mention here too is Alex G is an excellent storyteller. Yeah, he really is. But it's in ways that are just vague enough. We talk about this a lot with bands like The National um, or, or others who keep lyrics relatively vague where you can apply your own story to them. And he actually said it recently in an interview He's like, yeah, a lot of people ask me like the stories behind my songs. And he said, I, I really don't want to give too much context about them because every time I have looked up the meaning of a song and I've found out what it is, I'm always kind of disappointed because the actual meaning can never live up to that magic in your head of what it could be. And I love that he purposefully kind of keeps it vague and gives you just enough details to get a sense of place and what's happening, but also vague enough where you can apply your your own situations to it. Based on Rocket and based on this album, it seems to me that Sandy Alex G talks to a lot of criminals and prisoners. And like drug addicts. And like <laughs> yeah. And like is very empathetic to their yeah. plight yeah. and wants to tell their story. Do yeah. you is am I off base here? I think that's spot on. It all his songs are about like, like crime. Yeah. Or like Batman. Um, yeah. Like a lot of his songs are about- Well, that's the other thing too, is like he like these aren't necessarily all autobiographical. Like he literally changes his voice on Batman yeah. to this way where it's like, oh, this is a character. Yeah, you it's know? a character. Or like what's the song? Um 
on the last album is it's not guilty maybe it's judge or there's one of the ones on on rocket where he's talking as someone talking to him from what i can tell yeah. where he's like maybe you could write this into a song maybe your fans would like that yeah and it's this guy like telling him his story yep I've, I've always felt like that alex g has this like real soft spot or empathetic spot for people in like a hard place in their life yeah totally and realizes that, that that's pretty compelling um i have to say so like i love hope Gretel. I really do love Walk Away. I have to say, one of the songs that has emerged as a favorite um, is Sugar House, the live track at it's the so end. Good. This feels like a Bruce Springsteen song in all of the best ways. It does. Yeah, with the like the kind of little bit like smooth jazz saxophone going on throughout. And, and, and this, the, and, yeah, this anthemic kind of quality, but like some some grit in his voice through the live version. And I was talking to somebody I work with today about this. And he's like, yeah, I, you know, I really want to just hear the studio version of this. I was like, I really don't think it'd be as good. At first I was like, oh, interesting pick that this is a live version, but it has grown on me over time. I think this only works as well as it does being a live version. My, my guess is that they, they had a studio take or several. Yep. And they realized they were like, the, we found something with that one. Like, I don't even know where they played this, but yeah. like, we found something there. Let's just use that take. Yeah. Like, I bet it was great. Yeah. Um, and if there's there's an awesome energy. And yes. uh, yeah, his voice has a different quality, which is a, an interesting way to end it. Because he does, he's doing like, he's singing a little different than you would into a mic in the studio. Yeah, where exactly. you're like feet away from it. Yes. And you can be as quiet as you want. He's really kind of straining. You yeah, know? because he's pushing for the notes yeah. and like really singing out to it's, people. It works so well. Yeah, I agree. I've, I've been digging that, and I, I. It's interesting that you brought up that that last part of the album because I was just thinking on my most recent listen that the run, like again, like "Cow" and "Crime" are a couple of the nicest songs yeah, too in my arms. And "Sugar" is kind of like it feels like the end of the really the ex- weird yes, part exactly. of the album, and it's starting to be like, oh, this is like really nice, you know. Sugar yeah. feels very related to Gretel to me. They Agreed, feel dark yeah. in a similar yeah. way. Yeah, I and I feel mean. like Southern Sky and Hope have kind of a similar yep. vibe in some ways. Totally agree. The more strummy deal. I, yeah, I, uh, just to sum up, I mean, I'm loving, absolutely loving this album. It's gonna make a run for like. I don't know, home of the year, top five at the very, very least. Yeah. Like, we've had some strong showings the last month or so between Bonnie Vare, Lana Del Rey, Alex G. Like, there's some strong contenders. We really have, yeah. And it, it, it's excellent. It's been the one of this list that I've listened to by far the most. Yep. Um, okay, I want to talk about this next one, Jake. This Jenny Vall album, yeah. The Practice of Love. Holy shit. Yeah. This album's amazing. I've listened one time to this one. This blew my mind and continues to blow my mind. So Jenny of all, we you know we've talked about her on and off since what 2016, 17 when she put up. When did Blood Bitch come out? Something like I think, 16, I think it was right 17, around then. In that and area. so that was an album that I think by our standards then was like pretty fucking weird. I really liked it and still like it. And but yeah, it came out late 2016. Um September 2016. I, that was a just kind of a slow burn for me that year, and it ended up being one of my favorite albums of the year. I think the practice of love takes that template, makes it a little more palatable, a little more pop forward, but still is presenting these fascinating ideas about what it means to be human, what it means to be a woman what it means to be a woman and choose to not have a child or to have a child. That conversation that she's having with her friend on this album, where in, in, in the left side of your ear, you have this, uh, this voice kind of talking you through just like this narration about like, I, I haven't even fully unpacked that. But then as that fades away in your left ear, in the right ear, it's this conversation with her friend yep. about what the impact to your ego is as a person to grow up and realize that, oh, maybe I'm not the main character in the story of humanity or the world because I don't have a kid. Yeah. And I am not progressing existence. Yeah, or the virus or whatever it is, as she said. Yes. Um, or infestation. In that she's word. actually an antagonist and that in her own way, she's making the virus stronger 
by being on the fringes and being an antagonist. Yeah, that that part is very fascinating. I, I I'm not gonna be able to have takes as strong as you, I, I think you said it like pretty perfectly actually, um, and I agree with your sentiments that that you said. I mean, I think on first listen, it definitely feels more accessible than Blood Bitch did. Um, I I've read that this is taking elements of like trance music. Layering that in the background, kind of putting a beat to it, and then having like these beautiful soaring vocal melodies on them. Like, for example, that first track, Jake, um, this blew my mind. I think it's called Lions, and it's featuring Vivian Wang. There's this voice that comes in where it's like, look at the trees. Yes. Look at the porous dirt. And then it's like... This is a no man's land. This is a no god's land. And I was just like, oh my god. And then like Jenny of All's voice comes soaring in. I was like, oh, this this album is on another fucking level. Yeah. It's, it's it, so good. Yeah, it's really, really cool. And I I've always appreciated with Jenny of All that she does not, as an artist, pull punches really no. at all. Um and even if this is more palatable, it's still definitely not an album. It's not, you know, it's not gonna like find Success a, a mainstream charts. audience. You know, no, this it, is like a true art piece album. It is, and she doesn't pull punches with her message about femininity and what it means in the world. Like you're saying, to be a woman, um, and yeah, really interesting the perception that not having a kid in in life makes you like a B character yeah. or makes you like this outsider. Um, in that, that's this... the thing is like her music really makes you think in a way that's like it is perf- it's like performance art. It's, yes, it's artistic in a way like Blood Bitch made you think in a similar way yeah. about like it challenged the ideas of like what we can talk about when it comes to like femininity, femininity in a different way. Like and when it comes to menstruation, a taboo subject. What it means to have your period, and I think it's the same thing when it comes to women choosing or not choosing to have kids. That is even a taboo subject that she's taking on. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, maybe I'm not a main character, but like I'm choosing that and like I can still choose that and like have value. It's very interesting. And I think a song like Accident, where it was like I, I was an accident, and it's kind of like wh- like the mystery of life that I had when I came into the world is now gone. And like what does that mean? Yeah, I do like that listening to one of her albums is kind of like, it's both a musical experience. She exists in a very specific, weird, actually, subset of music where you could put this music on and work to it. Yeah. I can and have, but also, like, you can really actively engage with this and, like, really think about it. It's it's intellectually stimulating, which is really crazy to say. That's a weird balance to strike. I don't think we actually... That doesn't happen super often in that way, in the way she's doing it. She doesn't challenge you philosophically. Or or no, other music we listen to doesn't challenge you philosophically in the way that she does with her albums. Or if it does, it doesn't serve as something that is also like pretty beautiful and like easy to have on as like kind of basically ambient music yeah i was you know i was reading an article where it was actually a great piece in the on the ringer uh that Lindsay zolads wrote and it was this interesting juxtaposition where like jenny evolves like a true artist and has a message but her most popular song on spotify was one that got curated into this like spotify algorithm playlist of ambient music it was like her one ambient song and they threw it on like a chill playlist and she actually ended up doing this really interesting live performance art piece where she was performing live and I think she had some kind of like ambient drone in the background and just was like saying the names of all the chill noun playlist or chill adjective playlist it was like chill jazz chill work chill brunch and it just like kept going and going and going which was like a commentary on you know those, those sorts of playlists those playlists in general are pretty sort like soul sucking oh very much so yeah very much um yeah and he, like a song like six red cannas i struck me because this is a song that's like channeling she mentions like georgia o'keefe and how she's like joni mitchell in the desert and she's referring to um, like Hijira, that album that I've been listening to this year. And I thought that was an interesting reference point and one that was pretty uh, serendipitous that I happened to check out that album a few months ago and like really fell in love with it. And like that's a reference point for her on here. That is interesting, um, yeah. 
I'm loving this album. I highly recommend it to to anybody. This is going to be another one that probably ranks very highly for me. It's a quick listen too yeah. for something that's so dense. She gets across her message in what what is it? 33 minutes better than most people do on an hour plus album. Both of these albums, uh, Alex G and Jenny Haval are are, are below are below 40 minutes in yes. the 33 to 37 yes. minute range. Um so yeah, highly recommend that. I, I think Sandy Alex G and Jenny Evolve put out two of the best albums of the year. Um, couple other ones that I want to hit on quickly, Jake. JPEG Mafia, All My Heroes Are Cornballs. Did you get a chance to listen to this one? I've listened twice now. Okay. I think it's really interesting. This is a very interesting, albeit challenging album, I have to say. Uh, so I've never listened to any JPEG in the past, Okay, really. He put out a good record last year. Couple, uh, couple really good songs. Veteran, yeah. It, to be honest with you, it's even possible that I listened to it. I think you might have. And just don't remember yeah. it. Yeah. I, I, think I think we I, talked about it. We, You're like, yeah, I listened once. And like you, we, you listened to it. Yeah, I, I so I've listened to this twice. I listened, I think, twice today. Actually, yeah. um, th- this is another album that I would kind of describe as kaleidoscopic. It's one yes. where he's it actually, it really interestingly, almost like we planned it. I think takes elements of what both the first two albums we talked about did, yeah, and does both. Like this JPEG Mafia album has a lot of spoken word and like conversation that you hear. Yep. That you get just a little bit, not the full context. Right. It's not as much in terms of like making you think as the Jenny Haval stuff, but it's little bits of conversation that you can hear, um, but between God knows who, because this feels like you like he scraped sound bites he found on yeah. the internet and just threw them in. So I think that's almost sort of the point, because I think one of the things he's trying to channel here is the anxiety around like social media platforms, in particular Twitter. And the constant barrage of takes and voices that you're hearing and the very quick kind of like canceling or writing people off and kind of like all these disparate fighting takes that are kind of happening in the ether. And I think that's kind of similar to like how some of the songs will change on a dime to be. And it's like this very disorienting experience. It's especially disorienting because um, I can't tell... And this is in a cool way. This is in an interesting way. I can't tell what JPEG Mafia's style is as a right. rapper or a performer. There's moments where um, he's singing on here, and it's like it reminds me of kind of like what Donald Glover sounds like yeah. when he sings in the Childish Gambino stuff, or like um, where there's a little bit of auto tune going on, or there's some really rapid fire rapping yep. going on throughout here. Um, yeah, definitely. Like, doesn't let you get your bearings. No, throughout. It, like it, it's all it's of a sudden unrelenting. And then at some point, they're covering no scrubs. Yeah, like halfway. It, it's a wild ride, and I need more time with it. I've only been able to listen two or three times, I think, and I've been so taken with some of these other albums, I haven't had the chance to go back and really sink my teeth into it. But this is a very interesting record, um, and anyone who is interested in more of like the experimental more underground uh rap i would really recommend checking this out it's a lot to dive into yeah i'm gonna keep going back to it I, the, the production on it's pretty it definitely very interesting and and experimental and um it reminds me of some of the like a much weirder glitchier version of of some rappers i have gotten into like like milo a little bit yeah yeah i think messes with some of this yeah. kind of production style albeit less frenetic and crazy totally someone like open mike eagle a little bit um yeah, it, it it's really cool, and I, I don't know. It's it, JPEG Mafia is someone who I I've never really tried to understand until right. this. Um, it's cool stuff. It's worth yeah. definitely checking out. Uh, so before we touch on that Lumineers album, Jake, I, I want to shout out Alex Cameron, Miami Memory. So, um, I know you haven't gotten the chance to listen to this one yet, but I'll just kind of go off for a minute on it. Um. I was turned on to Alex Cameron earlier this year, coincidentally, when we went to Treehouse Brewery the first time. Very strange. Um, his 2018, 17 album, Forced Witness. Um, I was shown this, and it's Alex Cameron is this really interesting guy who is sort of channeling like this 80s rock star persona, really over the top songs in it, like. This sense where you're like, wait, he can't be serious with what he's doing here. Like, there's like saxophone solos, and there's like really kind of obvious like hooks that you're like, well, this was done on like 
80s pop rock songs. Like, what is he doing here? And then you listen to the lyrics, and you're like, these lyrics are absurd. It seems like he's talking about being a homeless guy waking up from a dirty, wet dream. And it's just like, you're like, what is happening? And all of it's a little bit tongue-in-cheek. And that was, or, or like on Forced Witness, he's like this guy, he's singing about like spending all of his money because he's fallen in love with like a cam girl. And he's, and it's just like, he's like, what is he up to? Like, is he playing a character? Is he pulling on real life? And, and you never quite know it. I believe he's embodying just like different down on their luck characters, but in like almost the most absurd way possible. I was going to ask, have you come to any conclusions about what you think he's up to? That's I, what I it think is? that's what it is. But on Miami Memory, he's like, he has said, he's like, if you're waiting for the joke, if you're waiting for you know, me to pull the rug out from under you. He's like, these songs are very genuine. They're about like my relationship with Jemima Kirk um, of girls fame. And I think they have a couple kids together. I don't know if they're married. I think they might just be like in a, you know, committed long-term relationship. But he's like, a lot of these songs are kind of like about my relationship and about falling in love with this woman. Um, You wouldn't know it necessarily from listening because it kind of continues in that similar vein of like, pulling on a lot of like this hooky sort of tongue-in-cheek but maybe not sort of silly 80s synth rock vibes some of it really really works like i think the singles here like stepdad miami memory far from born again the first three tracks on this album are like can't miss i think some of the other ones are like okay you're playing in that alex cameron kind of mode and arena i get it but like some of your other stuff is better um, a song like Divorce is really good. Some of these are really funny. Other ones are like maybe not so much. But uh, like Alex, he's an interesting guy. No, I so I've not listened to this yet for a couple reasons. One, it wasn't really on my radar. But two, once it was, I was given some advice from you. Yeah. Um, to uh, hold off I w- on listening to this one until... I, I would recommend you listen to Forced Witness first. I think that gives a better introduction to what he's all about and in like the most palatable way possible. Yeah. Like he has a du- the first song I heard was a duet that he had with Angel Olsen actually on a song called um Stranger's Kiss and that's a really really good track and it's about like these homeless people falling in love or something. It's, it's just like weird shit, but it's it, like it somehow so really works and is like heartfelt and sweet. Does Force Witness lay some groundwork or like context for this album? I- not necessarily subject-wise, but I think you just get a better sense of like, okay, he's not totally serious, but like he is. Okay. Um, And I think the songs are bigger, more maximalist on Forced Witness. The hooks are bigger. This one's a little more subtle, although still incredibly hooky. I think if you're going to dabble with Miami Memory and you're not completely sold or you don't want to dive in all the way just listen to the first three songs stepdad miami memory and far from born again i think you'll actually love all of those um check those three out and then listen to forced witness and you'll be like okay i i get alex cameron for the most part here and then if you want to dive in more you can what i have found i have listened to all three of his albums i have found he's much more of an individual songs guy if you took a handful of songs from each album and put them all together, you'd have in, like an amazing greatest hits. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Sounds so cool. really interesting guy. I think I love that he just exists and that he's making this stuff. Yeah, you know. Um, so yeah, that's really cool. And to round it out, Jake, let's talk about this new Lumineers album for a second. We don't have to spend a ton of time on it. I actually am interested to talk okay. about the Lumineers album so, for a couple reasons. Yeah, go before, yeah. Before before we dive into the content of this album at all, um. It is not cool to like the Lumineers. No, and that's kind of where I wanted to start. But here's the thing. Like, why exactly? Well... Be- just because of their commercial success? I, I think, hey-ho, hey-o, whatever, however you want to pronounce it. They're, they're obviously... Oh, hey, I think. Hey, yeah. Smash hit, single, co- featured in commercials everywhere. I think set the precedent for this band... That like, oh, they're just another one of these like one-hit wonders, like one of these bullshit folk rock ripoffs. Yeah, I they're think... not that though. I think they get lumped in because of the success of that song and their success in general. Um, 
they get lumped in with the kind of pop folk. They're yeah. kind of like another Mumford and Sons yes. thing. Yes. Um, and people have so much resentment. It seems to me... You know what's funny is I'm saying this without actually having talked to anyone about this. But it feels that way. It feels as though like there are certain bands where you know in a certain circle and amongst certain people who like music that's even remotely underground or remotely yep. DIY, don't so much mention that you like the yeah. Lumineers. Yeah. You know what I mean? You maybe don't want that to come up. Like... For example, if you are at one of... Like a house show. The sh- exactly. You're not like, hey man, did you check out three by the Lumineers? <laughs> that shit bangs, dude. You'd, like, I'm sure people would be nice about it. They'd be like, oh no. like, Oh, they're still putting out like records that people are listening to? But here's the thing. I, I really, with, with them and with any of these bands, I always feel like it is a healthy exercise to challenge that notion a little yes. bit and at least listen to the yes. music that they're making. Because I've always felt with the Lumineers, or not always, because to be honest with you, I don't even know if I ever listened to all of their first album. Oh, it's really good. Here's the thing. I like Cleopatra. Yeah. A good amount. Yeah. And I think that it, their second album. I that album's good, like good. The run from Sleep on the Floor to yep. Ophelia to Cleopatra, Gunsong, Angela. Great. Angela's like Angela. my favorite. Yep. Like those, those are good songs and like... Just because they sure, like I will, I will grant you that they they occupy a well-worn genre of yeah. music, and that they do it in a way that doesn't necessarily break it out from the pack. They're not doing anything crazy no. musically. They're not experimental. No, it's meat and uh, potatoes indie folk. I think not even indie. They're pretty good songwriters. Yeah, who with a, a lead singer who has a really good voice. There's some grit to it. Like, yeah. I love this dude's voice. Me too. And I think, like, it's just so interesting. And it must be very, very frustrating for, in a certain way to be in a band like the Lumineers. Because yeah. I think if you're coming to music from the right way, you really just want people to like and appreciate your music. Yeah. The money's obviously, I'm sure they make a shit ton of money, and that's yeah. great. And I bet they'll say that that makes up for any of the lack of like respect they get from people. But there's really no making up for that. Like if you're a cool artist, like like we would never talk about them the way we talked about Alex G. No, God no. Just because because Alex G played the political cards right. Well, the fact is though, Alex G is putting out more interesting and and challenging. He's pushing things in a way that the Lumineers are not and will never do. Without a doubt, except if the Lumineers did, it wouldn't matter. They would get no That's credit That's a great for it. point. It wouldn't matter. It's a good and point. I'm not even saying that I believe the Lumineers are capable of doing that. Right. I'm, it, like, insert generic folk pop band yep. here. That's the point I'm making. Is if Mumford & Sons yep. made an album as challenging and interesting as Alex G, it would be not received that way at all. People right. would probably pan it and say, like, they're trying too hard. Yeah. I feel like you, you get into this territory where you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. 100% that is correct. And, and I, that must be very frustrating. Well, I think with a band like the Lumineers, there is a time and a place for an artist like that and for songs like these. I'm listening to this not for it to be challenging or to push me or to push the genre of folk in a new exciting way because like kind of the definition of it is like it doesn't really change you know right they folk music. are repackaging it in a way that is incredibly enjoyable and palatable and will sound great on a newport folk festival big stage and you can have a beer and be like you can love the little grit in his voice when he's like you hate the name donna and i'm yeah. like yeah like that sounds sick yeah you Sounds know, good. like, and that melody's really good, and yeah. it's just what I want sometimes, you know? Yeah. Like, if if that's a crime, then, like, you're not being really fair. As, like, I can just, you know, yeah. there's different music is there for different times and for different people and different moods. I totally agree. And it feels like to me, that I bring that all up because it kind of feels to me like they are trying for something here on 3. Like, they actually kind of are swinging for something a little bit, not experimental, but at least a little bit conceptual. Yeah. Where they split it into kind of three acts. Yeah. Um, I think most of that third one is bonus tracks. The fourth one is. Fourth one. The Democracy yes. Old Lady. I haven't even yeah, listened I, to that. Yeah, I, 
what always happens with bonus tracks like that, that they slip in at the end, I never quite realize I'm onto the bonus tracks. And I'm like, oh, this song's not very good. This album's dragging. And I'm like, oh, because I'm into the second bonus track. Whenever I discover that, because I I looked at this as like 50 minutes. I was like, god damn. (laughs) And then as I was scrolling down, I realized, wait, three bonus tracks. the best. My immediate go-to every time is I go to Wikipedia to check the official track list. Yes. And if that backs up the the list Me I too. see without bonus tracks, I stop right at the bonus tracks. Me too. I think conceptually the idea of having an album called Three that's split up into three parts. Yeah. Um, three With three of, songs in each part. Well, one of them has the... Oh, that sorry. A, that April that's, song. Yeah, that's... But that's, that's 50 seconds yeah. long. But three full songs yeah. in each part. Yeah. yeah. Um, this album's really listenable, and I think moments that stand out for me are like um, uh, My Cell... The, which I think is really interesting. It's like kind of this dark, sort of haunting, yeah, like scare. Not scare. It's like sort of a haunting song about that. My pretty little cell motif yeah. is what he keeps coming back to. Um, I think that the song. Uh, let me see. It was uh, J- I, Jimmy Sparks is pretty cool. I so think- Jimmy Sparks, I think, is very skippable. This is it's using a melody that has been used in every yeah. folk storytelling song. That's fair. I think, you know, if, if you want that, fine. There's much better versions of that song that I've heard. There's, for some reason, something about it, there's a moment, and I couldn't point to it right now. There's a moment in the melody that catches me off guard a little bit every time that I'm always like, oh, I like this one. Yeah, yeah. And then I don't explore it much yeah, past that. Yeah, um, yeah. I love Donna. I think Life in the City is good. Glory is good. I, I really like it wasn't easy to be happy for you. It's a, it's an interesting sentiment. Yeah. And it's a, it's a very honest one yeah. that is, uh, I think, important to embrace. It's yeah. kind of like the you got to... I like what I like about that song is that it's acknowledging a feeling that's not fun to acknowledge. Yeah, I like that sentiment too of like I took the poison hoping you'd feel it too. Yeah, that, that's an interesting, very honest. Like maybe you know, like I, I really like that. The salt in the sea is a nice closer too. I yeah. think it's um, an enjoyable album. And that's the thing is like we the problem is is this is like I feel like because of their financial and commercial success, yeah. it feels as though. There's really no way to have a serious discussion about this album no. in a way that will be taken seriously. No. Um, because I think, in a way, it's very uncool to pour over a Lumineers album. It's like if we were pouring over a Mumford & Sons album. I know. It's kind of or like... increasingly, if we were pouring over an Avett Brothers album. I know. It's like, oh, like they're really listening that, that closely know. to this album? That's the thing. It's like, if you spend any time with this, it's like, well... Wh- why? It's like, well, because it's enjoyable. Yeah. It's, and it's like, I don't know. Like, is it the deepest thing? Maybe not. But, you know, like, you write a song that's, like, as good as some of these. It's fine. It's not. If it was easy, everyone would do it, you know? Yeah. And the, the lead singer of, of, the, of the Lumineers was on a song Exploder. And they talked about, um, I think they talked about, might have been Cleopatra. Yeah. The song Cleopatra. Um it was really interesting. Yeah. This is a guy who's clearly engaged in the process of making music, in the process of writing music, interested in the details of songs and how they fit in an album, yeah. and like how he talked about the grit in his voice when he sings that like um, "I Got a Paycheck" lyric or whatever. Yeah. Where he goes way up high and it's a little out of his range and it cracks up. Um, there, it's, I, anyways, all this is coming out because I like I don't understand how I'm supposed to feel about the Lumineers. Uh, yeah, I know. Well, I think it doesn't matter how when you when you have a music podcast and you're thinking critically about music. I think it's 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 a, it's something that of course we're going to wonder about. For me, I just come back to you know what I enjoy it, and if that's all I get out of it, that's fine. Is yep. it going to end up being a special album to me or like one of my all time favorites? No, but for this month, it's like you know. Fall chill on the air, a little bit of folk music. Yeah, fuck yeah, I love that. Yeah. Hell yeah, we're gonna take your AR-15. <laughs> Hell yeah, we're gonna take your AK-47. <laughs> Dude, it's Sandy Alex G, aka Beto O'Rourke, <laughs> making a making an appearance here late in Hot Thoughts. Um, Jake, round us out with a little release radar this week. Okay, so here we go. Four that 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 jumped out to me on release radar. None of them are particularly well. One of them actually, I think, is one, pretty one interesting. Of them. Um, uh, I'd be interested if it's the same. Oh one for yeah, you. yeah, yeah. I bet it's not. I think I know which one it is for you. Um, okay. So Blink One Eighty Two is putting out an album called Nine. Okay. Uh, probably won't listen to that. 
Brittany Howard of Alabama Shakes fame is uh, releasing her first solo album, Jamie. That's the album I was talking That's about. That's the one I'm talking about, too. Okay. I think this album's actually like supposed to be really good. I assumed you were talking about the His Golden Messenger album. Fuck no. Oh, God. You, I thought you liked that last no, one. I, I th- no, I actually really didn't like it that much. I seem to recall some takes. I think on were... the first listen, I was like, ooh, there's something here. And then I went back, I was like, oh, I'm very bored by this. Okay, okay. Yeah. Fair, fair, fair. M83 is back with an album that's called DSVII, which I assume is Roman numerals. So apparently this is a fully ambient album, which gets me much more excited than if this were just like a straightforward like M83 album. Is that a Roman numeral? D? D is. I don't know if S is. I don't know if S is either. Well, it DS8? Matter. We can figure this out. I think D might mean a I don't thousand. Know. Mm, could, yeah. Who cares? I'm not sure. It doesn't matter. That's all I had for release right yeah, now. Yeah, I, I, no, I'm excited for that Britney Howard album. I think it'll be good. I am too. Because yeah. Alabama Shakes is like a solid band. Yeah, man. Dude, so we were recently reminiscing, listeners, Sean and I, about the first time we went to Newport Folk Festival. And we <laughs> oh, both man. got ripped drunk yeah like i i especially got drunker than maybe i've ever been and one of the last memories i have is is listening to (laughs) alabama shakes like wrap up their set and like the night was only just beginning at that really really getting into alabama shakes set do you remember they were playing they did a cover of night moves do you remember that and then i was like obsessed with that song like the rest of it I, like we got back to the car that I think is what kicked off our we're gonna listen to like classic rock trip out of the the ground dude that's a good like little puzzle yeah. piece you just found <laughs> yes, I forgot yes. that they covered that I, yeah dude, man I was so in on that cover Me in too. that moment I was like hell yeah Night Moves I know I don't even like Bob Seger that no, much no I know but that but, song bangs but Night Moves has, has long been one of his yeah. best I think Man, what a time. Different times, man. Very, very different times. Yeah. A song about about Teen- teenagers learning how to have sex. Yes. So... <laughs> well, we'll leave it there for this episode. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good place to leave yes. off, I think. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, we will see you next time. I will potentially be a main resident next time. Yeah, you'll be listening to a podcast hosted by people who live in two different states. How will we pull it off? Whoa. You'll probably a lot like this. Uh, yeah, we'll either be in Manchester or probably Portsmouth. Or I guess Kittery. Kittery. Yep. Thanks, everybody. All right. Bye. All right. We're on the mic. I actually have a couple pre-show things okay. this week. Okay. Uh, the first one, quick get out of the way uh the patriots are good dude this is like 2007 all over again they might go undefeated yeah and what's interesting is like i actually think it's more likely to happen how stupid is this i think it's more likely to happen now because i care less now same same i'm like wouldn't that be so fitting yeah it would and like i'd be honestly okay if the pats went that's the only thing that can get me going anymore for the patriots if the Patriots went, they just had what was actually kind of a bad season, in that they won the Super Bowl, but they only went eleven and five, and it was a boring Super Bowl. That's which makes it, which makes it of the last five seasons, the 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 fourth best. Do you know what I'm saying? Yes. Oh my god, yeah. That's so true. Um, this is sickening for anyone who's not a Patriots fan. Dude, if you want to continue to engage with the NFL's bullshit, yeah. and you're not locked in by something as as good as the Patriots, then I don't give a shit yeah, if you don't like tr- this. True, Because Seriously. it's your league, too. Yeah. If you're into the NFL, the Patriots are the best thing they have. Yeah, that's a good point. It's the They're the best team, they're consistent, and like... You can rely on them. Yeah, like I'm sorry. What do you? Yeah. What, what are you a fucking? You're a Giants fan, or well, Giants are the wrong That's one. The, yeah, the true, true. Like you're, you're a. What's like the most not obvious sad sack franchise? Um, like the most just like really the Cardinals, dude. Yeah, like you're a Cardinals fan. Yeah, you're a Lions fan. Like get the fuck out of here. That's a little. That's hard. That's rough. that's tougher. You're like a Colts fan. I don't know. It doesn't matter. But 
here's the thing about the Patriots. You're absolutely correct that it probably will happen because we care a lot less. But if it gets to be like week 11, week 12, and they're still sitting with a goose egg in the loss column, Jake, I'm going to start. I'm going to be like, we can do it. So I will too. Um, and so, okay, we were talking before the season about our excitement. I don't think this was on the podcast. We said that, like, I think respectively we were about, I think you said you were at a four, mm-hmm. four out of ten excited for football. I think yeah. I said I was at a five and a half, yeah. six. Um, if they were 18 and 0 going into a Super Bowl, where would you be? Um, like a seven and a half. I'd be no, pretty, I'd, I'd be like, I, I, who knows? I'd be like maybe like an eight, eight and a half. She might have to go outside before we it's okay. start this. That's okay. We can always just pause it. We'll pause it right now. Okay. One sec. She's going to shit out that bully stick. Okay, we're back. Uh, puppy poop emergency. <laughs> she Crisis has to go. averted. Um, okay, so the other thing I wanted to bring up yep. pre-show yep. was, do you think, I was, I was thinking about this earlier, if you listened back to any episode of our podcast, yep. say going back, whatever, two years, yeah. pick a random episode, episode 90. Sure. That you would be able to remember, based on the conversation, where we were Ooh. when we recorded it. I think I would, actually. I think I would, too. Maybe not every single one. Right. But I think there would be certain things where... Because I was thinking about how memory works. And I think for me, a lot of times, it's like... I remember kind of like what I was looking at. Yeah. Or generally perceiving while I said something. Like, I'm trying to think. Like, there are some that are pretty tied with places. Oh, for sure. I actually think... Well, part of the challenge with that is we have recorded in a lot of different places, but that that's also an advantage yeah. because it's so distinct. Yeah, and there's some that are like, I think I could probably tell you ones where we were at, like any of your apartments. Definitely. I think I would probably know. Yeah, I think um, so too. Like, like obviously the hotel year car ride one that, yeah. is an obvious and, one. And I think before we like got better mics, there was ones in my parents' basement that were like... We're sitting... Far back on a couch <laughs> with one mic, like not great quality mic, in the middle of a table. <laughs> yeah, Dude, that was almost four years ago. I yeah, that's insane. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. Um, if anytime we're mentioning the website, oh yeah, oh, there's like eras of there are of the pod, and the we're plugging the website is the earliest era. Yep. Shock Jock is like mid, uh-huh. early mid. Yeah. Um, Jokes about no one listening is like the later yeah, era. Yeah, yeah, more like now. Well, it's, it like predates now. Yeah, yeah. I feel like we've we say we still say it. I still say oh, yeah. it all the oh, time. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I just thought that was interesting. It is. That's, it's like that's how a, it's a good one. It's kind of like how I can remember where I watched every Super Bowl for the last like, yeah. twenty years. Yeah. I think probably most people could who like football and right. think about it that way. Yes, yes. Um, That's a good one. I have two quick ones. Number one, Succession is the best show on TV mm. and is maybe the best show since Mad Men and Breaking Bad. I am throwing that out there. It's I, in that echelon. I'm going to keep banging that drum until everyone I know starts watching it. It is officially on the docket for Okay. Us. Oh, okay. All it right. was, it's a matter of... We know we're going to watch yep. it. We know we're going to start it. There were a couple nights this week where we even flirted with the idea wow. of starting it. Yep. Both those times, or all three of those times it happened, it was just easier to watch a new girl and then fall asleep of to course. a sentence. Of course. Because <laughs> I like this this hierarchy. It's just the truth. And it's totally like, get it. If I fall asleep during Succession, it, that's not going to be as fun. If no. I fall asleep during New Girl... Or something I've seen before, fine. Yes. New Girl's pretty good, by the way. It I, is. It, I, I, I binged the entire thing two years ago. It's great. It's not over yet, is it? Oh, yeah. They had the last season last year. Oh, they did? Yeah. Yeah. Does it get worse? A uh, little bit, but not terrible. When's Still the, watchable. When is the best of it? Um, I think it's seasons one, three... They start to really blur together in the middle. Oh, um, what happens in season two? Season two, I didn't like for some reason nearly as much. Really weird. Yeah. Um, the notion that these people yeah. somehow are not hooking up, it, it baffles me. Absurd. You, like They're all, well, Schmidt and 
Jess. Nick. I, dude, they're all, like, super attractive. Nick's a handsome guy in his own right, but, like, Schmidt is, like, pretty cut and, yeah. like, has the... You know what? Okay, here's actually something that's interesting. I fully expected, based on the first few episodes, to really dislike Schmidt. Same. I don't. I think no, he's a he's funny great. character. Chutney. Dude, yes, the hair <laughs> Chutney. Yes. So, he's really funny. He's great. He's awesome. And, like, how particular he is about cooking yes. and stuff. You know, he, he, is, he reminds me of certain people that we know. Me too, and I think that person even said that yes. they remind them of themselves. Yes. That's a lot of them. Yes, yes, I think that is true. Yeah, um, yeah, and Nick kind of reminds me of some people who I know. I guess a little yeah. bit less yeah. so. I, I, yeah. Um, so what's the deal with the, with Coach and Winston? What happened there? Uh, so they eventually explain that later on, which I notice when it says that Coach comes back. Yeah. Um, so. The real life story behind that is that the actor who played Coach became like the star of some other sitcom on the Fox network at the same time that was actually meant to be in the same universe as New Girl. And they were going to do this cross promotional thing where like sometimes he'd pop up on New Girl, but he'd also be like living his main life in this other show Mm -hmm. and this other show just never panned out and I think only lasted a season or two or something like that and got canceled and then he eventually comes back and it's just yeah so there were like real life things and they were going to try and like tie him in in some ways I think so there was a reason there was a logic I believe so I I always felt bad for the actor I was like shit they just cut bait with this yeah I thought that too I thought that too because he was funny too oh yeah he's a good character yeah he comes back so um, my other thing is like, and I've purposefully not looked into a ton of details on this. What the fuck is happening with like Saudi Arabia and Iran and like us? And there was a drone strike that like damaged a bunch of oil refineries or fields in Saudi Arabia. And the U.S. is saying it was Iran. Um, they're denying it. It seems like, like, dude, I wouldn't put it past fucking us to do it. It was a drone strike. So I have to tell you, I don't know any of uh, anything about any drums of, of war jake um that sucks that's scary i um haven't been listening to the daily as much lately i haven't really been engaging with news lately mm-hmm. um after a pretty solid run yeah. of like from i think it was like year and a half two years that i was pretty locked yeah. into news and like it could be exhausting though fairly well informed the thing is is it's got it ha- i feel like it has to be a marathon not a sprint i can't totally. every day i know Start my day with like no. the most depressing shit in the world. It honestly like takes a toll after a while. It really I, does. That's one of the big reasons why I had to take a step back from it. But those are my two big things. Just like, hey, Succession's awesome, and like, are we headed for another war that like is for all the wrong reasons? Not that like there's there's very few good reasons for war, I guess. But like, this seems exceptionally bad. Well, I think, Sean, it's in moments like this that I'm really actually very grateful that we have clear-headed <laughs> um, and, and, and just and, and well-informed people at the helm. You know what I like to call it, Jake? Leadership. Me too. It's just quality leadership. Yep. And, and in the U.S., you know, that's, that's the backbone of our democracy. <laughs> Is that is it, that in fair elections in, that are not influenced by money or, or big interests at all? No, and in, you know, in the 1790s, I think George Washington set a precedent where he, you know, he gave up power, mm-hmm. and and we haven't had a single president who has lived up to anything less than that standard in the time since. <laughs> um, uh, the world's fucked, and, and yeah, so is our country. Yes. I, the, the, it, the, the fact that things have not skidded far off the rails with Trump, um, like as far as they could have, it's actually like pretty crazy because it just goes to show you how strong the infrastructure is and yes. how, how strong the rails are. Seriously. I had it because I had a moment. I was in the bathroom today and I was thinking about this stuff. I was like, man, Trump might just fuck us. And then I was like, Donald Trump is yeah. our president. Honestly, like once every few months, that, that hits me, me in a new way where I'm like, oh my God. And I, because like other times I'm like, yeah, I mean, like, fuck. And I've accepted it. Then other times I'm like, this is absurd. Yeah. And then from time to time, when I think about it, I have a moment of like, 
we're not safe. Agreed. This is not okay. Yes. I, I had that today. I was like, who's in charge? And yeah. I was like, well, that is coming... Just his insanely corrupt cabinet under him. Yeah. But that is coming from this place of like... It's a misunderstanding of how much power the president actually has yep. and like what they can actually change in their term. And it, like to your point, it's the infrastructure. So like let's hope that sees us through. And I also saw a troubling article that said Republicans are like some insanely high percentage more likely to win um, electoral votes in states where they have lost the popular vote because of the way like the electoral college works it's basically like rigged in their favor the electoral college is fucked why don't we get rid of that so the reason people say in the coastal elites but it's like well there's more of them yeah well and that's the thing is people are like well you know it it makes sure that the rural states fuck them get a say but it in my argument back is like it actually gives them an outsized say exactly it gives them more than one vote your vote if you live in montana is more valuable than my vote correct and, like, who cares if I live near more people than you? Yeah, that shouldn't matter. Like, I understand that you have different values. But you're fucking ass backwards and, like, way behind the times. Yeah. And- Is it my fault you live, like, in the fucking country with, like, no internet? No. Move <laughs> to a fucking city. I don't know what to tell you. I know. Me neither. I guess you could say it's easy, more easily said than done. Yeah, so but, farmers, like... Farmers, but... That, I... I have no patience for the well, the rural vote. Like, fuck them. I don't... They're backwards. Yeah, this is something I've... A debate I've had with, with my stepdad, actually, a bunch yeah. of times. And he he usually is just, like, pretty reasonable. And he doesn't, like, fight me on it too much. He's like, yeah, I can see your point. Yeah. I think the electoral college is just inherently flawed. It's we broken. don't need it. Yeah. I think we've talked about this in the pre-show previously. We have. I mean, and Trump and just, yeah, like, gen- general disillusionment yeah. and confusion. Yeah. It's been happening for years now, Jake. We're coming up on three years since that election night. This is majority a, a Trump presidency yeah. podcast. Yes. When, so, like, the first summer we moved into the McGregor Street house... He was not yet president. Correct. He became president. No, well, he was that elected fall. that November. Yeah. So it's like half and half. Yeah. I guess because then if it's January 2017, we had been doing it for well, no more, more. two years, more. like two thirds of yeah. our time doing the podcast has been under Trump. Yeah. Um. Uh. Yeah, I don't know, man. Like, I hope that the Democrats can fucking get somebody who is electable in a general. I don't think it's Biden. He's looked no, real it's bad. Not, it's not Biden. It's not. But, I mean, like, I would be kidding myself if I said that the people I like most, who are Warren and Sanders, if I'd be lying to myself if I said that they're electable to Republicans and to some moderates. Well, I, so I think this notion that, like, they're, they can't beat Trump is actually not true. I think that's overblown, and I think that is... I don't is, think they can't. I think they could actually swing a lot of the in the middle voters. It's possible. Who are like, we can't have more Trump. Who aren't the Republican base who is going to vote for the Republican no matter what. We're not going to convince those people. That's not who we're targeting. That's fair. Because there are those the voters who were insane enough to vote for Trump who are moderates. And those people hopefully have have found religion and... So to speak, yes. not literally, because that would probably be a bad thing. It for... would mean they would vote for Trump, correct? Even though Trump is the antithesis. J- Donald Trump is the least Christ-like person <laughs> yes. I've ever encountered in yes. even movies or culture. <laughs> I know, like Donald Trump is more evil than Disney villains. Would you rather? Who would you rather have as president, Daniel Plainview or Donald Trump? Wow, these people! I have a competition in me. I don't want anyone else to succeed except for myself. I want plain view. We'd be make America great again. Make make America plain again. D- D- Daniel Plainview would be a Republican. 100%. But I think he would be like we wouldn't like to admit it, but our country would like thrive. 
for reasons of like we are definitely hurting the world around us. Yes. But we are benefiting. Yes. Like yes. Reagan era stuff. Yes, exactly. Yep. Exactly. Yep. Like we're installing dictators yep. and imprisoning minorities yes. on the grounds of like the war on drugs. <laughs> yes. Yes. Like exactly. hey, but hey, fun to be a white person in nineteen eighty six. Fucking Reagan. <laughs> we yep. totally like yep. uh, that's that's the plain view administration. That w- uh, I mean, it would just be anyone but Trump. I mean, who would you... Honest question. Who would you... Is, can you name a person who you would not rather have be president than Donald Trump? Um, I'm trying to think. Like, I mean, like, eliminate, like... Uh, Jeffrey, pre- Jeffrey Epstein. Okay. He's dead. Yeah, fair. Je- um, like, prisoners and ma- major criminals. Like, Yeah. Uh, I mean, I guess it's too broad. Like Charles Manson. Here's an interesting question. You're given the choice... It's either Donald Trump or it's Kanye West, and there's no two ways about it. You have to pick. It's your vote. Uh, Kanye West, I guess. Fuck. I don't like either of those. I I would just, I guess I would. Like, can it be worse? Like, the thing is, like, maybe. Maybe. Uh, yeah. Ooh, that's a tough one. Holy shit. Yeah. Because it's like. The devil you know or the devil you don't. Because right now it's like, hey, we've made it three-fourths of the way yeah. just about with like, you know, like shit's bad, but it's like we're all still here. What about what about Bill Belichick? Yeah, I think he'd be like a pretty good president. Belichick would be like a, 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 a just a, a moderate to right Republican. Yeah. He'd be like, and you know what? After the fucking funhouse mirror Dude, that is our life, I would look vote like FDR. He he, <laughs> he <laughs> the new de- we're on to the new deal. <laughs> the new 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 deal. Yeah. With Bill Belichick as president, I, I, I sign me up. Like dude, we'll go eleven and five. You know, we'll get to an AFC championship. He'd probably have the country running like a fucking absolutely spinning like a top. You know, it wouldn't be perfect, but it like hey, it'd be pretty fucking good. As a as a quick update, the pup has fallen asleep on the futon, which oh yeah is all I could have hoped for. That's great. Um, hopefully she stays asleep. She probably will. Yeah. Um, she's tuckered out. Tucker Carlson tonight at eight. <laughs> fuck Tucker Carlson too. He's the new Bill O'Reilly. Yeah, I mean, I don't even engage with Fox News anymore. I, so I have uh, maybe with the exception of John Oliver, who lampoons them. I have maybe mistakenly uh, given my dad the login for my YouTube TV account, oh. and he's recording all these Fox News shows that are now like suggested for me in the algorithm. So when I log in, they're like shows for you, and I'm like, well, I just want to watch like. Monday night football for like 10 minutes to see like what it looks like basically. Yes. I want to see like the weird Jets uniforms they were wearing. Looked terrible, I thought. I thought the helmets looked cool overall. But like, not a yeah. Fan of the whole package. Um, and I'm seeing like Tucker Carlson show up. So not ideal. Not what you want. No. Not what you want. I certainly would not want that. No. Um, uh, well, I think we're safe to dive in now. Let's hit Alex G, Jenny Vall. Um, Jenny Vall. That's right. I forgot. Quickly touch upon. So I have like a little agenda here. Oh, you do? Oh, okay. I, I did not look. Um, what's the Jenny Vall album called again? Uh, the Practice of Love. I knew I was forgetting about one when I re listened to stuff today. I've listened to that one once. Um, so I have. I have this news thing that I can dive into at okay. the beginning if you want. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and then yeah, I have uh, Sandy Alex G, Jenny Haval, JPEG Mafia, mm-hmm. Lumineers, and I have Alex Cameron question mark. Yes, I'll, I'll quickly touch. And on you Alex can because I've not listened yep. to that at all. Yep. Um, and then I have Release Radar. Decently, kind of. There's four. Okay. That I wrote down. None of them I'm like over the top excited for, but same. Yep, I, I saw those same ones. Okay, cool. Yeah, let's uh, let's do it. So you can kick it to me for this yeah. news thing. Do, yeah, do yeah, you yeah, have yeah, the yeah. link in there? I I do. I, yeah, I have not. You should look at this. <laughs> Let me see this. <laughs> Isn't that weird? Oh my god! Yeah, we'll dive into that. That'll wow. be the first thing. That'll be a quick. Holy shit. We'll okay. call it we'll call it Mythbusters. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> All right. All right, here we go. Three, two, one. 